welcome to Sex on the Floor podcast. This podcast was created to help educate the public about problems with sex and intimacy and how this is tied to both physical and mental aspects. Hosted by myself, Dr. Molly Hart, a passionate pelvic floor physical therapist and owner of Pelvic Balance Physical Therapy, and by Dr. Katie Schubert, a phenomenal sex therapist and owner of Cypress Wellness Center. We are here to have a good time. We're here to keep it real with you all and to educate along the way. I'm so excited for you to join us. We strive to help many relationships prosper in fun, safe, and healthy intimacy. While listening to the show, please remember that this information is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your health care. Welcome back to Sex on the Floor. We're here today to talk about mindfulness in relationships and how that can translate into mindfulness and intimacy and partnered intimacy. Yes, I'm excited for this topic today. It's just going to piggy bank off of our last two episodes where we talked about uh, mindfulness with her and mindfulness for him and now bringing this together as a couple and how we can use this to enhance our intimacy life, essentially. Yeah. So go away, Dr. Katie. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I always get really excited when I get couples in my office because I can work with both of them to enhance all sorts of really great things in their relationship. Uh, the first thing I usually start off talking about, or the first question I usually ask is, when did you last spend mindful time together? When did you last go on a date? When did you last have dinner at the dinner table facing each other <laughs> without technology on or around? And quite often, couples have to think about it for quite some time before they give me an answer. I know. So, it's sad. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And I mean, I'm, I'm at fault of it too. Like, <laughs> I think we all are just easier to have technology on or around, or we do things quickly. We do things without thinking about it. And when we live with our partner, especially if there's kids around, it's really hard to see them. It's really hard to, to notice them and, um, you know, spend mindful time with them where we're, where we feel engaged in their life and they feel engaged in our life. So uh, usually my first task as a couples therapist is to get couples to spend a little bit more quality time together because, you know, couples will come to me saying, well, we haven't had sex for a really long time. And, you know, people, people don't want to have sex with each other if they don't feel like they're being noticed at home or seen at home, or if they don't feel like they're getting enough quality time with their partner. So, so my first job is to get them to, to see that, that that's necessary. It's a, it's necessary prerequisite for uh, having fulfilling intimacy. Yeah. So I ask them to, you know, schedule date nights or uh, I I don't know, schedule things that they want to do with each other or sit down, you know, and have dinner facing each other and talk about their days. Um, And that's, that's my first task. Yeah. I love, so same, same here. And honestly, I think just doing this podcast with you has helped me 
just kind of etched that into my plan of care a little bit earlier on. And I'm honestly, I'm, I'm loving it. I think it's helping a lot um, because a lot of couples aren't spending time together. And you know, what's interesting. I see this even with my couples that don't have kids. They're at the end of the night, like sitting around the TV, eating their food, not engaging with each other, just engaging with the television and when I ask them, just like you said, when do you spend mindful time together? Sometimes they don't even know what I'm asking. Um, and, and so just getting us to slow down, you know, I think the biggest problem is that we're always trying to multitask. We're always trying to do multiple things at the same time, which is awesome that we can do that, but it really takes away from connecting with each other and, and actually listening to each other. Another thing too is, and I, I think this is something I've realized working with you is conversation doesn't need to be forced between a couple when you just spend mindful time together. It naturally organically happens and people are going to be more vulnerable and more open. And in that in and of itself, that's like emotional intimacy makes physical intimacy more, um, more desirable, something that you actually yeah. want to do and partake in. So I find a lot of times people are like, oh, my husband doesn't talk to me. My patients will tell me that. I'm like, well, I, I, so when I get them spending mindful time together and they start doing that, automatically conversation starts flowing and they start having these beautiful moments together that wasn't forced. And I think that that's something else that's important to realize is if we just get back to basic, simple things, um, relationships just kind of naturally things fall into place, which is which is kind of what you're describing here is like, let's just start with the basics so that way we can build up to the intimacy of, of everything that needs to happen or everything that, that couples that are coming to see you and me are hoping that will happen. Not all couples maybe have a desire for that to happen. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, that, that's my, my first task as a therapist is to do what we're talking about right now. A sex therapist use something called sensate focus. Ooh. And it's a series of dates that couples have together and it, it gradually gets more sexual, but in the very beginning, it's not sexual at all. And it's really just, it, I tell my couples, it's just really a mindfulness activity, a mindfulness meditation that they do with, with each other awesome. and couples okay. love it. They love it. And it starts off usually with one person cooking dinner for their partner, oh. uh, where, where again, they're sitting together and they're seeing each other and they're eating together uh, and then it, it goes into, you know, something relaxing so they, they can take a shower together. It's a non-sexual shower, but it's a space where they can relax and be with their partner in a, in a setting that feels good and feels safe. Um, and then it's a massage. So the partner who cooked dinner gives the massage and it's completely non-sexual. So the fact that it's non-sexual helps both partners stay in their own bodies and stay in the present moment and not think about what's coming or what their partner wants, because that boundary is firmly set that there's no sex to be had. And it's called sensate focus because you're focused on your senses. You're focused on all five senses during these activities. And it really, it, when you're focusing on your senses, it's easier to be present and mindful and in your body and not thinking, you know, a ton of thoughts. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, and, and even with, with both partners doing that individually, so focusing on their own senses individually, it does enhance the, the quality time that both people say that they're experiencing in that relationship. 
Wonderful. I love So let me ask you this. When you say dinner, massage, um, shower, is that like all supposed to be done in one date night, essentially? All yeah. So, you, so usually one person, one person is in charge of um, the entire date night. And then the next day the the other person is in charge of the date night. So cooking and then giving the massage and setting up the scene in a way that appeals to their senses. Um, so it's, it's also a really good way for partners to figure out what appeals to their partner in terms of what's relaxing to them, what feels good to them. How do they like to be touched? How do they like to touch? Um, what is, you know, what is, what is a, a comfy and safe environment look like for them? That's awesome. I love that. Now with this, this, this is part one, essentially. Part one. Yeah. It, it gradually gets a little bit more sexual, but, um, a lot of times, you know, couples are having a hard time with intimacy and with sex because they're not being mindful. You know, we've talked about this in previous episodes where, partners are having sex and they're completely in their heads. They're worried about their performance. They're worried about what their partner's thinking or feeling. Uh, they're thinking about the shopping list. They're, they're thinking about all the things they, they should be doing instead of having sex. Right. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of things that get in the way of being mindful around sex. So the sensei dates are aimed at getting partners to be comfortable uh, being mindful and, and present and, and with their partner in a safe setting. And then it gradually gets more sexual uh, as they feel safer and safer being vulnerable. I love that. So um, this is like what we will call this graded exposure or something we'll do in sure. therapy. Yeah. So it's like whatever your problem is, whether it's climbing stairs, whatever it is, we'll slowly kind of build up to that. Um, do you have and I, I bet you don't, I'm sure this depends on the couple and where they're at, kind of a timeline um, of how long couples kind of participate in this before they actually then partake in intimacy. Yeah, that's a good question. I get this question all the time for people who are calling and setting appointments, like how long is this going to take? Because <laughs> some much, people are probably know, how, how impatient, like, like let's say it's the and this just depends. It could be the male who's impatient. He's like, I want to have sex. And the female who's really resistant um, and is like, oh my God, I don't want it to be quick. Um, so you probably have like, like, I know with my patients sometimes, like I have one person who was like, when's the student speaking at this done? The other one's like, how long can we wait? <laughs> Cause they're fearful. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially cause I'm dealing with pain with intercourse. So there's, there's a lot of fear going on in that. So what do you say when people call in for that? Cause I know you can't give it a direct answer. Can't. I wish I could, uh, but you know, you're, you're right. It depends on where the couple is and how much resentments they've built up <laughs> about each other and about sex. Uh, so, I mean, if, if a couple comes in and, th- and they have like a really solid foundation in their relationship, if they're communicating really well, if they're nice to each other, um, if they have some time to spend with each other, the process goes a lot faster, but, but generally by the time I get to see couples, the resentment has caused them to bicker and fight and not be nice to each other and not want to spend any time together and not communicate well, you know, when they're communicating, there's a lot of sarcasm and passive aggressiveness and there's all sorts of like really negative communication styles. So before I can even touch the sex, I have to, I have to figure out everything else. I have to get that foundation strong enough so that I can do these sensei dates with them. Because if I jump straight into the sensei dates, 
they're not going to want to touch each other. It's going to cause more problems than, than probably what they currently have. Yeah. It's too, it's too soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't want to be mindful with each other. (laughs) Uh, I I was talking to one of my um, patients the other day, who's also a therapist. And I was just saying like, I'm like, I could never do couples counseling, like working with the (laughs) husband and the wife. It just gives me anxiety thinking about that. (laughs) I like just speaking with my one person. Um, I, I, I can't imagine how, uncomfortable some of those conversations must be that you have in the office when you're breaking down all of these things it's not it's not uncomfortable for me I'm used to it I I'm used to dysfunction um I I get uncomfortable when I get healthy couples in my office because I'm like what am what am I gonna do with you yeah you're like oh no (laughs) (laughs) what are we gonna talk about So you've got to, so yeah, so every couple that comes in, you would say probably a majority of the time, by the time people come to see you though, you have to do an, undo a lot of poor communication, um, a lot of that resentment before you even go into these sensate dates. And then from there, once you get to a healthy level with the sensate dates and those are going well, because another thing too, people, um, if they even make time for it, if they have kids, I'm sure that that is a big barrier. Like, oh, we didn't have time to do it um, over the past two weeks. Is that a barrier you find as well? Oh, I get that all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not just kids. It's, um, I don't know, life. If, yeah. if people, if people don't want to do these dates or if there's, um, um, resistance, it'll, it'll manifest in, in, in this way. So they'll say, oh, well, I know that you told us to do this, but we didn't do this. Yeah. And even when I say, okay, well, let's cut out dinner. Let's cut out the shower. Let's just do the massage. Let's get, just get used to that. I'll still get them to come in and say, well, I didn't have time or we forgot or all this other stuff got in the way when I'm only asking for them to spend 20 minutes together. So, so how do you combat those barriers? Cause those are barriers I get all the time too. So I, I didn't spend the session breaking down all the barriers that are in the way and how we um, like helping them to realize that really what it comes down to is it's not being prioritized because we have yes. a ton of time. It's just where we prioritize our time. So right. do you kind of help them figure out like what barriers they're, they're kind of, because really a barrier to me, it's, it's almost like a fake barrier a lot of times. It's just a barrier that's there. We can easily go around it if you decide you want to. Um, so how are you like, helping them get past that time commitment to it? Well, if there is, so um, in the therapy world, in the mental health therapy world, if there's resistance, it's for a reason. Mm. So it, it's really kind of up to the therapist to figure out like where the resistance is coming from and approach that head on. Like what, like, what does this mean? Like, are you too angry with him to let him touch you? Or um, like, is there too much resentment for these dates to happen? Like, do you guys not feel safe being vulnerable with each other? Like, are you not being nice to each other and therefore not wanting to spend this, you know, this 20 minute time period together where you're in this, you know, vulnerable situation with each other. So I need to figure out where the, res- where the resistance is coming from and then tackle that. Gotcha. So that's how you're figuring out, because you're, you're fi- that's the biggest barrier then, is that there's other stuff that we need to dive into. Yeah. That way you even want to prioritize this. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and because there's other stuff, you know, the, the sensate dates, they're, they're not ready for the sensate dates. So the sensate dates come at a point where, um, you know, there, there is some foundation to that relationship that that they can build on okay because if, there, if there's no foundation or if the foundation is too damaged then that really needs to be worked on first okay so so essentially what you're saying talking about being mindful as a couple is 
the sensei dates are a great stepping stone to getting there. However, just to get to the sensei dates, we have a lot of work to do to, to create a stable, wonderful foundation. And then it's going to feel more organic and natural to even go into the sensei dates. And there won't be this resistance. You won't find that couples are even fighting it. If they are fighting it, they're not ready for it. We have to take another step back is what's happening. So yeah. let's, let's fast forward now. Let's pretend we're, we have a couple who is um, doing really well. They've done all the work that you have asked them to do. And now they're at the point where they're going to be intimate together. What does mindfulness look like now at this, this more intense intimate state? Well, hopefully they, they take with them uh, the mindfulness practice that they've practiced in the sensei dates in the beginning, beginning phases of the sensei date, because if, if both partners are in their body and enjoying touching and being touched, then sex and intimacy won't be a stressful event. It'll, it'll be something that they will enjoy because they're, they're tuned in what their bodies are telling them. Right. Do you talk to them though about when they're, you know how we talked about in the last two episodes about um, being mindful in your body, essentially, when you're with your partner, do you talk to them about that in uh, episodes in um, in sessions where it's like, okay, now when you guys are together, different things that they can actually do to each other to experience, to like really highlight certain senses? Yeah. Yeah. I ask them. Um, so I asked them to pick out like a, like a massage oil, like use coconut, coconut oil, um, to heighten some of their senses during foreplay and intercourse. But I also asked them to talk a lot about what their body likes. So to walk their partner through like all of their sensations and what sensations are really appealing to them in each moment. Um, so sometimes that that comes out through like mutual masturbation or where you know both partners are masturbating themselves with each other and they kind of talk through that process or uh they're masturbating each other and talking through oh that feels good oh don't do that or this this is really sensitive so i asked them to bring communication into foreplay and intercourse so that their partner can know what's what's appealing to them and and what they can do more of or what they should do less of. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So that way they're just, again, going back to communication. So it's like, if we built up hopefully this more healthy level of communication now, and this more very intensely vulnerable situation, let's communicate how um, things feel. So that way we can learn each other's body better. But I can understand that that's not going to happen unless we can communicate properly with, you know, things as simple as dinner and the groceries and taking a shower together, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. And if there, you know, if there's no kindness or niceness happening in the relationship, um, you know, partners are not going to want to be put in this very sensitive, vulnerable situation. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. So do you, how often do you get to work with couples where they kind of complete this? They, they kind of go through all the work and now you're finally at this really awesome oh my God, we had intercourse and, and it was more successful than it has been in the past. I mean, I, I do get more successful intercourse quite a bit. Um, but the, the, the way it goes is that, you know, people can work through these, these phases, these sensei date phases, but every once in a while, the other stuff that we were working on, the communication, the niceness, the resentments pop its head back in and it makes all of the sex and the intimacy take a step back. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. So it's kind of an ongoing, but you know, 
relationships, marriage are an ongoing process. Like nothing is ever linear in a relationship. Right. Like, you can be going really well for a while and then something can happen. You know, it, everything feels kind of like it explodes or, you know, yeah. goes, goes backwards. I mean, so, life is linear. I tell my people <laughs> all the time, I'm like, rehab of the body is never linear. It is, yeah. it's, we're going to go up, but it's going to be up and down, up and down on the way there. It's a big, um, fortunate, it's a, it's a roller coaster, but that's life. It, it, it's just yeah. the way life is. All right. Is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners about as far as like mindfulness, um, being a couple, being mindful together that you think we didn't hit on yet today? Um, I don't think so. I just, I want to reinforce the importance of uh, remembering that you like your partner and remembering that you want to spend time with your partner um, and remembering that you're on the same team as your partner. Cause so often we forget that. And the moment that couples forget that is the moment they stop spending quality time together. And then, and then that becomes a cyclical issue um, where, you know, a lack of time leads to not liking your partner even more. <laughs> so like a downward spiral, essentially. Right. Yeah. Couples get in these like awful spirals and they don't know how to get out of them. And then that's when all the, the resentments build up. That so, um, you know, so being, being mindful of the mindful time that you spend with your partner will, will really help save your relationship. And the sooner you're noticing there's issues, the better that you want to get in, um, or get treatment for it. Like same with, with persistent pain. Like the second, when I treat women who are much younger in their twenties, who have discomfort with intercourse or just pelvic issues in general, it is so easy to rehab them. It's so quick because the body hasn't had so many months or years of dysfunction. I'm sure with you, if there's been years of dysfunction in the communication and the resentment, that's a lot more time now that you have to undo all yeah. that hurt that has happened. And then that, you know, ends up leading to a lot more money. Um, <laughs> a lot, it, it is, it's, it's so much more work than for you to get out of that. So if you're listening right now and, and you're in a relationship, that's not, um, maybe where you wish it was with your intimate life. Um, gosh, please you know, seek out a sex therapist and try, um, if you're able to try to be open to working on this because you can make your personal life, your relationship so much better. If you have kids, you can make the um, whole family environment better. And, and just don't be afraid to admit that we all need help. We all need help in certain areas of our life. And this is a really important area. This is the foundation of the family when we can't be intimate and vulnerable with our partner. Yeah. And if all, I think if all couples got in to see a therapist, a sex therapist, whatever therapist, um, even if you're not having issues, like your relationship will only be stronger because of it. I agree. I completely agree with you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Katie. That was amazing. I'm really happy that we kind of broke this down um, into all the little building blocks that are needed to, to be mindful with intimacy. I hope that this was helpful for you guys. I am really excited for our next episode. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but <laughs> I do have some wonderful things coming in from our listeners for ideas. So we'll have to hit that next time. and It'll be a surprise at our next episode. Thank you again for listening to Sex on the Floor, and we will see you at our next episode. We are Dr. Molly Hart and Dr. Katie Schubert, and you've been listening to Sex on the Floor podcast. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions and want to get in contact with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Dr. Molly Hart, 
and at Dr. Katie Schubert. On Facebook at Pelvic Balance PT and at Dr. Katie Schubert. And for more information about us on our websites, you can find us at pelvicbalancept.com and at drkatieschubert.com.